Hey, it's Russ coming to you from Southern California, where I just wrapped up a, uh, a live webinar broadcast to a few hundred people. Uh, more on that in a few minutes. But in this week's episode, here's what I want to talk about. I, I like to call it the shocks principle. What is that? Well, think about the shocks that are on your car. What's their job? Their job is to make your ride as smooth and enjoyable as possible. So why? Why would that matter? Well, so you can get to your destination and not have a lot of turbulence, if you will, along the way. What does it have to do with good leadership? Glad you asked. That's what this episode's all about. Welcome in to episode number 29. This is the Decide to Lead podcast with Russ Hill. This podcast is for those who aren't yet the person they want to become and for leaders who are looking for ideas, tips, hacks, unlocks, anything that can help them influence their team in a way that will help them achieve and sustain game-changing results. So this week, I want to talk to you about this shocks principle. I'll explain what that means, and I've got a story that I want to relate to you, an experience I had that... uh, that will help me illustrate the point. Before I do that, I want to welcome in anyone who is new to the podcast. We're closing in on episode number 30, which is awesome. And this week, I'm I'm not in the studio. Um, as you can hear all the noise in the background, I'm, I'm on the road. I'm actually in a car that is headed to the San Diego airport where, I, uh, where I'm catching a flight home after being... Um, being down here in Southern California today to broadcast a live webinar along with uh, one of my colleagues uh, to uh, to several hundred clients that we have and potential clients we have. So came down here, was in Minnesota earlier this week, Washington, D.C., most of last week. So a lot of a lot of travel right now, which is not all that abnormal. And uh, but I didn't want that to get in the way of getting out this week's show. So. If you are new, I'd uh, encourage you, if you find the content useful, valuable, you're interested in it, if it, if it adds value to you, I'd encourage you to push on that subscribe button in whatever podcast app you're using. That way, every week when I send out a podcast, a new episode, you will get that automatically downloaded to your phone, or you can listen to it whenever you've got time. The um, Okay, let's get into, into the shocks principle. And, and here's, here's why I call it that. The, the, what a good, one of the things that good leaders do is they help insulate the people that, that they lead from all the pressures and all the noise and turbulence that the leader is experiencing. Why that's important, I'll get to in a few minutes, but let me start with a story. And this, this experience goes back to my early days in the media business when I first got, well, my early days as a leader, when I was promoted into management. And this is my second or third leadership or management role in, uh, in managing news and sports media teams. And at the time, again, I, you know, early 20s, absolutely very green when it comes to leadership learning my way by making all the wrong all the wrong moves um, and tripping and falling over myself repeatedly and I one of the team part, part of my team was the uh, the morning show so I I, I managed the uh, the on-air personalities as well as the news and sports teams for a particular broadcast station 
a highly rated station, Western U.S., and I took over this team after they were achieving great results. And my job was to maintain and grow that, right? And our morning show team, and, and at the, this time it was radio, and the, the bread and butter of radio revenue at that time, and still to a large degree today, not quite as much, but at that time, a significant amount of the revenue for a radio station was determined by their ratings from 5 to 9 a.m., and it would take the rest of the episode for me to explain how radio stations were rated back then and why that time slot was important. But just just go with me here. So the morning show is super, super important. Without high ratings in the morning show and a, and a good lead in for when people are waking up and, and determining their daily media consumption habits. Again, this predates Internet or right around the advent of the Internet. So so mid 90s. Right. So radio and traditional media like traditional television stations were were used by a lot more people than they are today. And so our morning our morning show is hugely important to us. And we had the most successful morning show in that market. They they'd been together a few years. These two on air personalities that then had a team that worked for them on the air. They were doing a, a news a news broadcast in the morning, a news show where you'd listen and you get traffic and weather together. You get sports updates. You'd get, you know, news headlines, live interviews, breaking news coverage, all that kind of stuff. So we had the highest rated of any format, you know, including all the music stations, everybody in the market. Nobody had better ratings than our morning show. Phenomenal talent, great product. And so when I began to manage that team, the, one of the leaders that I reported into, she was a couple levels up from me on the org chart, and it was not uncommon for her to call me because I get into work super early in the morning and uh, in a management position because that morning show was so important. It was important for me as a leader to, to be on site early in the morning. So I was there before most of the other executives. And it was not uncommon for this leader further up the org chart to call me on her cell phone as she was listening to that station. And we were that station was one of several that this uh, leader oversaw that we owned, our company owned. And so she would listen and she would become she would have some issue, some problem, some some. Yeah, some issue with what these these uh, on air this on air talent team that we had would say on the air and so she called me on their cell phone and the conversation would go something like this russ oh my gosh can you believe that segment they just did that was terrible oh i can't stand i can't believe that he or she said this and you gotta you gotta let them know this can't continue russ they and this these would be emotional intense conversations and, and she would encourage me in some of the conversations to make sure that I really let, once this team got off the air, that I really let them have it. That I sat down and spoke directly to them and told them if they didn't do a better segment than that last segment, or if they ever sounded like that on the air again, we were gonna fire them. They were gonna lose their job or there'd be serious repercussions. And I'm sitting here taking these phone calls on a regular basis. They weren't every day, but they were frequent enough to where I anticipated them. And I'd sit there listening to to her vent on the phone and I would think, did you forget that this is the highest rated like radio show in our entire state in this market? They're generating 
millions and millions and millions of dollars in revenue, that they are loved by our audience. They're not perfect and they have a lot of things they need to work on. Sure, like all of us. But have you forgotten that? That's what I, you know, I felt like saying in each of these conversations. And I would think what you're raising to me is a very small issue. And, and there's no reason for emotion to be involved in this. And no, again, I wouldn't say this stuff, but I'm thinking it. There's no way I'm going to get them in my office after they get off the air and lay into them like you're asking me to. It's not going to happen. So I would sit there on the phone and listen. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, that's how the, that's how the conversation would sound from my end. And they'd last a few minutes until she pulled into our parking garage of our office building. And then she had to get to her meetings. I'd hang up and things would go on. Now, I'm not complaining about this leader. She's one of the best leaders I've ever worked for. Remarkable. But this was one thing, you know, you have to put up with little not great habits from every leader. This was one of her not great habits. And the positive from her far outweighed the challenges and negative and things like this. So let me, it's important I say that. But so I, I would just, okay, yeah, great. And then I'd hang up the phone and th- go along my day. Never have that conversation or rarely have that conversation because I didn't want that on-air team to be distracted from the amazing job they were doing. And I wanted them to feel appreciated and valued. And this didn't rise, these issues that were being brought up to me didn't rise to the level of a serious problem, in my opinion. And that's, and so by the way, that that morning show team to this day, this is years and years and years ago, and they went on the, they, they continue to be on the air together for a long time, more than 20 years. And uh, one of them has since retired. The other one is still on the air and generating awesome ratings in that market that I no longer live in. But they went on to awesome things that continued to achieve incredible results. And to this day, they don't know that I even had those conversations, that those even took place. That's the shocks principle. So what's the what's one of the jobs of a leader? One of the jobs of a leader, in my opinion, is to make the ride, so to speak, for the people in the car, in the vehicle, or on your team as smooth as possible. Think about how this applies to parenting. So one of the things I've done as a dad with four kids at home is there are days at work that are incredibly stressful. There are days that go very, very poorly. There are times when I am concerned about my ability to keep, or you know, my ability to keep bringing in the income I'm bringing in uninterrupted. And, you know, by any or that I'm concerned, well, maybe I need to do this or maybe I need to do that. That's been true my whole career, right? It's true for everyone. So there are major challenges that that come up. And I view I view my job as a dad to insulate my kids as much as possible from any of those pressures because they have so many other things to worry about. They've got pressures at school. They've got pressures with friends. They've got pressure with extracurricular activities. I want the, I want their journey through their adolescent years, their early years, to be as smooth and stable as possible. One, because that makes common sense. Two, because the science and data and research shows kids who are raised in the most stable homes 
have they they go on to have to be much more um, have much more uh, uh, be healthier emotionally I guess is what I'm trying to say and to be able to achieve great great things in life they don't they don't necessarily have as much baggage or as many challenges as kids who come home and wonder oh no I'm worried about this I'm worried about how much mom and dad are fighting or how is dad going to be able to keep his job or is mom going to be able to do keep that or what's happening over here the, the more stresses that parents introduce the less stable um, that home environment becomes and it's no different you guys for a team at work the more stress you present the more the bumpier the ride is for a team the more challenges they experience so part of my job as a leader is to insulate or protect my team from some of the pressures I feel. Now, some of you might be listening and go, well, I don't know that I don't know that's true. If, I, if we're feeling pressure, a certain amount of pressure from the customer or from another division or from further up on the org chart or wherever it is, depending on the size and nature of your company, I, I think my team should feel some of that. And I don't disagree with it. I don't disagree with that at all. Shocks, think about, go back to the car example. Do shocks make the ride completely smooth to where you don't feel that huge pothole? No, you still feel it. It's still bumpy when you hit a rough patch on the road. You still feel some of that. It's just not as intense as if I took those thick modern tires off of the car and replaced them with something wooden or metal, or if I took those great quality shocks you have on your car and took them off. So they don't completely remove the bumps. You as a passenger in the car still feel some of those bumps. They just aren't as extreme and they don't cause huge disruptions as they would if the shocks weren't there or if you had metal or wooden tires. And so leaders don't completely remove. If I'm feeling tons of pressure because we're not hitting our number from revenue or if the customer is really unhappy with something or if my boss or the CEO, whomever in the organization is is really unhappy or really concerned my team needs to feel some of that it, it creates some urgency right and i need them to deliver and understand some of the pressures that i'm under but as a good leader there is no way there is no way i'm gonna let my team feel all of that pressure that is my job my job is to as a leader to insulate them from some of that to protect them from some of that, to absorb some of that. And so I'm going to get off the phone with that leader who's letting me have it, hopefully in a respectful way. Otherwise, I'm gone, right? Leaving the organization. I got so many options. Employees have so many options these days. But if, if the leader is definitely putting on pressure in an appropriate way, I'm going to hang up the call. I'm going to finish the phone call. And then I'm going to breathe a little bit. I might even let a day or two, if appropriate, pass before I relay the message in an, in an edited, appropriate way to my team. Is this all making sense? You guys tracking with me? I just The reason I'm talking about it this week is because I've seen some examples lately of where leaders haven't done this. And it's created a very bumpy ride. And it's, it's introduced a lack of stability and it's introduced too much emotion and it's just caused it's caused 
inefficiencies and distractions and a lack of focus, it just, it leads to really negative results when a leader doesn't insulate their people from some of the pressures they're facing. And so it, I, I've seen it throughout my career. I've had a few recent experiences that where I've seen it up close again, and I've gone, ah, no, no, good leaders. It's the shocks principle. I've got to insulate this team from it because what's most important to me is that they're delivering results and that as long as they understand the urgency, understand how important it is for us to deliver some of these results and they're working hard on it, um, I don't want to distract them just the same as I do it for my kids. I want to protect them from some of these pressures so that the environment can be the environment they're in can be as stable as possible because that promotes better outcomes. It promotes efficiencies. It promotes better performance. It promotes and encourages greater engagement. It just leads to so many positive results. So, you know, my job here on this podcast every week is to get you thinking about different things. How can you apply uh, some of what I'm thinking about or observing in the, you know, the thousands of leaders that I get get to interact with as a nature of what I do for a living, what am I seeing that um, is getting in the way? What am I seeing that is slowing organizations or teams down or distracting them? What are the differences between teams with that are achieving extraordinary results and those that are stuck? And this is this is uh, one thing that was on my mind this week because of some recent experiences and because of that experience I had way back at the beginning of my days managing that news team when I used to get those phone calls in the morning. So I wanted to share it with you. So the shocks principle, hope you found value in that. Alrighty, that is all I wanted to cover. A quick podcast episode this week. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and do so. I'd love it if you would also tell a friend about this podcast, tell a spouse, a colleague, a peer, uh, somebody who you think could find value in it. That's how this podcast is generated thousands of listeners every week with no marketing and just being a side hobby of mine and uh and so i i and that would be so valuable to me if you do that okay links to my instagram social media accounts everything else are in the show description that you can find right in the podcast app you're listening to this right now uh links to if you want to if you want to connect with me on Instagram, uh, that would be fantastic. I try to put out daily content that's like this, but just shorter, 15 seconds or just a quick quote or something I'm thinking about. I'd love it if you connect with me on Instagram or other social media platforms. That wraps up episode 29 of the Decide to Lead podcast. Hope you have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.